All right, Pastor Omicost, I'm going to watch my watch today, just so you know that. Take your Bible, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. The title of the message is Demas Deviation. Demas Deviation. I really want to, if it be possible, the Lord helping me wake some people up today concerning Demas Deviation. The principle today is that the world wants to destroy us. Satan wants to use the world to destroy us. And when we talk about the world, we're certainly not talking about the beauty of the world. We're not talking about the landscape of the world. We're not talking about the mountains and the oceans. Those are all beautiful things. When the Bible warns us concerning worldliness, it's talking about the attitude of the world. It's talking about the mindset of the world, this world system, this world scheme, the ways of this world. And I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Look at verse number 10. I want to preach along the lines of Demas, where the Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would descend and meet with us, that you'd empower the message, that you'd use it to minister to your people. And Lord, I pray that we would not be deviated away from from you because of the world. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The word deviate means to turn aside or to wander away from the right path or the common path. This is how car accidents take place. People deviate from the right path. 
and many times it ends in destruction. Um, I remember as a young man, I was pretty loose as far as wearing my seatbelt. Still don't believe anyone should should have to make me wear a seatbelt in my own property, but I kind of had a a bad attitude about it and kind of rebelled against it until I saw a car accident up close uh, where a man was laying on the ground dead and he was split from here to his chin. It was in Jefferson City, Missouri, one summer mowing grass. And I saw my own eyes split from here to here dead. I put my seatbelt on that day, and uh, for uh, most days that I've been in a car since then, I've always worn it. Uh, somehow, that man or someone else deviated from the right path, and the end was destruction. In our text, verse 11, in part, we read of a Christian who deviated. We've seen this in our churches. God seeks to bless and help our churches, uh, yet the pull of the world uh, causes people to deviate from the right path. And just like that man split from here to here, the end result is destruction. If you're worldly minded, you're probably going to be gone. Uh, You may be gone already. But worldly mindedness is like music. It is directional. It is taking you somewhere. It's not necessarily where you are right now. But if you're worldly minded, uh, can I say it this way? You're on your way out the door. Here we have a man immortalized in scripture because he deviated. And what I'm asking today is, is this. Uh, do you want to be next? Do you want to be next? You don't have to be next. You don't have to deviate like Demas did. First of all, let's look at who was Demas. Who was Demas? Would you keep your place, please, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, but go with me to Philemon. Philemon. Who was Demas? Demas was an important man in Scripture, uh, even though he was only mentioned three times. He held a very high position, a coveted position, Look at Philemon, verse number 24. Paul is writing in Philemon, verse 24, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. He was one of Paul's fellow laborers. Now, could you imagine? I I can't imagine being in uh, the inner circle, if you would, with the apostle Paul himself. And, And Demas enjoyed that status. Paul was called to preach the gospel. Paul was called to plant churches, to evangelize the known world, to write scripture, and to defend the faith, and he couldn't do it alone. He needed some help. He needed an extra set of hands right alongside of him as he ministered. Uh, We asked uh, Abraham if he would come on and help us for a year at our church and just be an extra set of hands to work alongside as a co-laborer, as a man that would share in the ministry and help hold up the hands of the man of God. Demas was a co-laborer. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Colossians 4, verse 14. The Bible says, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas, 
greet you. He's right in there with Luke. Man, this is an important station in ministry. Uh, Go back to Philemon, if you would. Verse 24, I just want to point out that in verse 24, he is there again with Luke. And that's all we know about Demas. Little is known about him personally, except those three passages in Scripture. I'm sure that Demas was a a saved man. At least we could assume that he was born again. At least that he had made a profession of faith in the Lord and was baptized. I am not here today to argue Demas' salvation. I do want to talk about his lack of surrender. I'm sure at one time he was dedicated, or the Apostle Paul would have never had him on his squad. Man, he was part of the starting team there, the starting five, if you will. And and Paul held him up as an important co-laborer in the work, someone to relieve pressure from Paul someone he could confide in, a a, a friend, a faithful one in ministry. That is so needed in our churches today. But he made it to to, to the starting squad. And that did not make him untouchable. And that's, that's one of the points I want to bring out in, in, in this first point. The fact that he was uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a high position, so to speak, uh, a privileged position, did not make him untouchable from Satan and the world. He was a faithful Christian. But the devil does not discriminate against you because you are a faithful Christian. In fact, you're exactly who he wants. He wants the promising ones, you see. He wants the Demases that, that, that have been brought up in the ways of God. He wants the Demases uh, that, that have been faithful to teach uh, themselves and to learn a, a musical instrument and to, to be a blessing in God's church. He wants the Demases that, that have been taught maybe how to get on a bus route and to minister to others. He's looking for our best and brightest. He found that in Demas. You faithful to church, you're especially on his list. You were raised in a Christian home, you're especially on his list. You're a threat to Satan's agenda. He's got to do everything in his power to get you. And that's why you cannot be satisfied with the blessings that you've been given and and, and be satisfied with your station in life. He wants you, friend especially if you've been blessed. He wants to take you by your pride and rip you to shreds using this evil world to do it. And he does it by us failing to surrender to God. Our surrender. We're way too much in love with ourselves. Pride is what he uses. We like ourselves way too much. And what that shows is a lack of surrender on our part. I read about a company in Colorado and Denver that has the perfect item. It's called My Twin Doll. And for $130 to $180, I guess if you're ugly, it takes a little bit more material. You send them a picture and they will make a doll that looks just like you. You let them know what kind of clothes you wear. They'll, they'll put that kind of clothes on the doll and ship to you. You can cuddle at night 
with your very image in the form of a doll. And what I see is there's a lot of Christians who are just that in love with themselves. My doll Christians. Self-centered people are demises. And demises that get caught by the entrapments of this world soon deviate. Selfishness, lack of surrender to God, take you right out of his perfect will for your life. That's Demas. Secondly, what did Demas do? Go back, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. What did Demas do? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4 that he forsook Paul. For Demas hath forsaken me. Let me put it real simple. He forsook the apostle Paul that he had been called to minister with and to. He deviated. He was a turncoat. And when I read of Demas, uh, uh, wake up, wake up. When I read of Demas, I, I think in my mind's eye of, of a Benedict Arnold. And you study American history and you study how Benedict Arnold Arnold betrayed this country and how he was a turncoat and how he literally put uh, uh, West Point into the the hands of the enemy. And you read about how he did that and, and his reasons for it. And historians over the years have tried to put Benedict Arnold in a better light and give him a uh, uh, list all the reasons why he did it. Oh, he was looked over for promotion and, and he was he was mad at this and all of that. And I'm not discrediting anything that was true. But what I am saying is, is I think we'd all agree that was no excuse for him to betray his country. And you can point to your parents and you can point to mistakes that they've made just like Benedict Arnold did. And you can point to ways that this staff has fallen short. And, and, and you can point to uh, things that happened to you and maybe you weren't treated right. Tell me, how does that give you an excuse to become a Demas? It does not. He turned his back. He was inconsistent. He was unstable as water. He showed himself unable to be trusted. Demas deviation. Are you available to God? Or do you have to check your agenda before you can see if you can fit God into what he wants you to do? Demas forsook Paul, and thereby he forsook God. And if he were totally surrendered, we would be reading a whole different story in Scripture about Demas. Surrender is the issue at hand. If you surrender, it takes care of all of these little things, all of these peripheral things. If your surrender is there, stop wanting to figure everything out about this Christian life and just surrender. And when you give him your heart, he'll teach you everything you need to know. Go with me to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. For those of you that are inquisitive about the faith and you just want to know, what am I getting myself into? Where am I going to stand? Just give your heart to God and he will make sure that you understand. John chapter 7, verse number 17. The Bible says, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. We want to know and then decide if we're going to do. Here the Bible says, you want to know 
Just do the will and you'll know. Do and you'll know. Not say, if I know, I'll decide if I'm going to do. No, no, just give God your life. Surrender your life to him, and you'll understand everything that he wants you to know. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. The world is the enemy of your soul, friend. I hate the world. I hate the world. I see what it's doing to young people. I see what it's doing to adults. And I just want to go on record saying, and I, and I hope the old devil is listening, I hate the world. I want nothing to do with it. I want to follow God's will. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen to me as a young bus teenager. Those words, there's power in the word of God. Those words grip my heart that giving my life to God was my reasonable service. As a young teenager, I understood that God had a claim to my life. I didn't need a Bible scholar to teach me. I didn't need a pastor to teach me. The word of God was clear. My life is his. And he needs servants. He needs people to go out and preach this gospel around the world. Now you listen to me. I'm glad that we have a powerful military, but I believe there's enough lost people in this world to fight wars. Why don't you go and preach the gospel somewhere? Why don't you open up your heart to be surrendered? And you are not in this type of a church. You are not in this type of a college to say, oh, I think I'll just go join the military. You rebel. Listen to me. God did not bring you to a church like this and a college like this to say, oh, I think I'm just going to be a police officer. Now, listen to me. I appreciate law enforcement. I love what they do, but you hear me and hear me well. Nobody's got the right to tell you that you can't assemble on the Lord's day. And we have fought the battles to keep our churches open only for our young people to have some sergeant look at them and say, You can't work today. If God can't give you a job where you can be faithful to God's house on Sunday, he's not God. If he can't give you a job where you can earn a living, he's not God. But you got to skip out on this house. If you have something in your life you're trying to hide, you're not surrendered. Man, I saw some strange things yesterday. I was driving to go get a car wash, and I pulled up on this block. And there was a bunch of gang members standing around, and guy had his car window open. He was sitting in the, in the passenger side, and they were just nailing that guy, nailing him, pow, pow. And I said, let me get out of here. Arr! Almost hit the guy trying to get out of there. You know, listen to me. What happens when the police come on the scene and someone doesn't surrender to the police? It gets real bad, and we hear people getting shot and killed, and it is sad. But listen to me. I can solve it all. Don't run from the police. You're going to be in trouble. Give up your own will to God or you're going to be in trouble. 
Thirdly, why did Demas forsake Paul in the ministry? Why did Demas do it? Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm warning you today about the world. Why did Demas forsake Paul in the ministry? Verse number 10 tells us he loved this present world. The enemy of my surrender is worldliness. I've seen it too many times in my life. Worldly Christians become Demases. I have surrendered my life to the Lord and the glitter of this world has no hold on me. Kinds of Demas deviation. Long hair on men. Go with me to 1st Timothy, 1st Corinthians chapter 11. 1st Corinthians chapter 11. See, it's easy for you to preach on long hair on men. You don't have any. That's okay. I'm going to preach it anyway because it's the word of God. And long hair on men is worldly. It's worldly. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 14. The Bible says, Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. Now, if we brought in the the, the reggae bum today who had his dreadlocks and, and the guy with his big afro, we'd all say that it's worldly. Well, why do we not accept it as worldly when people want to grow their hair? Listen, you got it skinned all the way around here. And then you got this mop flowing and it's doing this and it's going like this. Listen to me. When I heard that those guys got in trouble, I said, I bet I could tell who it was by their haircut. I defy anybody to tell me I'm wrong. You do not have to follow a fad. You do not have to be prey to this world. You know what you look like when you do that? I'll take you to downtown Chicago, and I'll show you posters in the, in the stores in Macy's. You look like one of those downtown Chicago queers. It's effeminate. It's a fad. You don't have to follow it. And I'm glad when the, when the college men sang up here, I didn't see all of this. It's good. Look like a Christian. Don't look like a downtown poster model. Come on now. Well, I did see some of this. Some of your tight pants. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? You Listen to me. You look like a downtown Chicago poster. It is effeminate. Where did you get that? Where did that come from? Come on now. If you need a diet, go on a diet. If you need bigger pants, get bigger pants. Stop trying to look like a downtown poster boy. Worldliness. And it is wicked. Demas deviation. What you look at on the screen. What you put in front of your face. David said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. No wicked thing before mine eyes. And the world can attack you in a more vicious way than ever before via the screens. Listen to me, the devil wants to rip you to shreds with sexual immorality. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, we, gotta, we started an accountability program with the men in our church. 
uh, because uh, of battling the world and battling the screen. Listen to me, you have no business watching that kind of a filth. And if you have struggles with it, there's hope for you, friend. But you need to get some accountability. Oh, listen to me, you, you come and you ask me, Pastor Lewis, what are, you, what, are you, what are the men in your church doing for accountability? God has really blessed it and used it. I, I need some help. Listen, don't be that frog in boiling water that the, the temperature's turned up incrementally until your frog soup. Get some help. Music. Music is a big way that demons deviate. Alan Bloom said rock music is junk food for the soul. Janis Joplin said, on stage I make love to 25,000 different people, then I go home alone. Listen, you better make sure that you are not being deviated from God through the wicked music of this world. John Lennon said, oh, I love this quote from John Lennon. John Lennon said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I'm right and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus Christ now. But when he got a bullet in his head, listen to me, and when he went to his own place, like Judas, he found out that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. But how did he influence people? Through using the ways of the world in his music. I hate wrong music. I hate contemporary Christian music. I hate the way West Coast Baptist College is taking contemporary filth and, and they're adapting it for their services. I hate it. And the answer is not for us to put on a show and have a music video by the, by the lake like them and look like them. The answer is to hold the line and not let the world influence with their filthy music. Music is powerful. You are cheapening your Christianity when the world leads you around on a leash. God needs soldiers. Dress. Deuteronomy 22.5. He'll use dress. Deuteronomy 22.5. Verse gets Bible-believing preachers in a lot of trouble. Deuteronomy 22.5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Worldliness and dress. God says that there's a distinction necessary. A distinction. Modesty is necessary. Well, you don't have a right to tell me how to dress. Yes, I do. I sure do. Paul told Timothy to preach it. Paul told Timothy to preach it to the churches. The man of God has every right in the world to tell you how to dress if he's preaching it from the Bible. If he's preaching modesty. Modest apparel. First Timothy chapter two. There's worldly people in here right now. I can tell by your face you don't like what I'm preaching. I can tell by your face. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel 
with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Modest, long, loose, and lots. Why are we letting the world take us away from long, flowing dresses? Why are we letting the world tell us that, that it's got to be shorter and shorter and tighter and tighter? It was embarrassing in one regard to be at WrestleRama and to see some of these tight things. I don't know how you walk. Form-fitting. That's not modest. A hundred years ago, the average unsaved woman could teach Christian women today how to be modest. You're following the world. Pastor Lewis, what's wrong? We have followed the world. And sadly, we read of Demas because he followed the world. And sadly, we're going to read and hear of you. And you're going to be gossip, friend. You hear me? I'm not, I'm not justifying gossip. But you're going to go out to gossip because you're chasing after the world. What was the result of the forsaking? Go back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Say, I don't like your message. I preach what God tells me to preach. I preach what he tells me to preach. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And by the way, if you're not in a college where you don't believe the men get up and pray about what they should preach, then why are you here? You become the bigger fool than me if you sit here service after service and you don't believe what we're preaching. Second Timothy chapter four, verse number 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. The Bible says, and is departed unto Thessalonica. What happened because he followed the world? It took him to a place he had no business being. It took him from the will of God. Worldliness takes you out of the will of God. Let go of the world. Can I tell you that God's will is exciting? God's will is glorious. Man, I'm on a hair again, but man, where did you get that from? You didn't get that from this place. They didn't get it from here. Pastor Amakos doesn't look like that. Dr. Mitchell doesn't look like that. Where did you get this from? Huh? The men, the men on staff here that have hair, don't, don't do that. So then where did you get it from? The world. And it's taking you out of the will of God. There are young people that should be in this room today, but the world is taking them out of the will of God. But the will of God is glorious. I am having such an exciting time serving Jesus. I am loving the fact that I'm married in his will and that I can raise my children to love him and to know him and to reach souls with the gospel. You say, well, if I give my life to God, I'm not going to have money. That's your stinking problem. You're worried about a paycheck as if God doesn't own the cattle on a thousand hills as if he can't take care of you. I have no debt in this world except my house. God has been good. I, I've traveled around the world serving God. God is good. You give him your life. Don't let the devil tell you it's going to be boring. But the world will take you out of God's will. 
if you will surrender to him, you'll be shocked at how exciting your life can be. Look at verse 11, and I'll close early. The Bible says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Let me give you hope now. Here's hope. Mark at one time wasn't profitable. But you know what happened? He got right. And now Paul says, here's a guy that has drawn away from the world. He's gotten right, and he is of great use for me in the ministry. Listen, if you've had some demis deviation in your heart, and you know it, maybe, maybe your parents know it, your pastor knows it, God for sure knows that you've had some demis deviation. Can I promise you on the, on the principles of God's word that if you will turn back to him, he will, he will turn to you, and he will use you mightily. If you surrender your will. But let me tell you something. This world will tear you up. It'll tear you up. Let's bow our heads.